0: This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Hey, do me a favor. Um, stand back up, please. Grab your Bible. Turn to Colossians chapter one, please. So it's going to be a little weird because what you get on the screen is going to be New King James Version, which is okay. Like You can follow along with that. Uh, But I'm going to read it from the message translation this morning Because the message translation is just real Like downright So first uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 through 29 It says for everything, absolutely everything Above and below, visible and invisible Rank after rank after rank of angels Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. Everybody pause. Right up to this moment, he holds everything together. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He was supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything and everyone else. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. Verse 21, you yourselves are a case study of what he does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, that was me. Every chance you got. But now, everybody say, but now. But now, by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you. Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together, whole and holy in his presence. You don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust, constantly tuned into the message. Careful not to be distracted or diverted. There is no other message, just this one. Every creature under heaven gets this same message. Verse 26, this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery in a nutshell is just this, Christ is in you. So therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We, pre- we preach Christ warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. So God, we thank you for your word today, God. Let it produce a harvest, God. Let your people become not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated where you're at. Amen. Hey, so I have a little bit of a confession. And I think they're telling me the mic is about to die. So. Testing, one, two, three. Oh, is this one better? Yeah. You guys like this one better? Yeah. Was that one too? Poppy, power, preach. So I have, a, I have a confession to make. Um, I am a, I'm a bit of, just a little bit, tiny bit of a perfectionist. Can you tell? Just a little bit. And all the worship people and everybody with audio, just, just and it's so bad, watch, it's so bad um, that even in worship, like I have to put my hands behind my back or I have to like hold on to my hands. And it's not anything about them, like they did an amazing job. Can we give it up for worship this morning? has nothing to do with them and, and Ashley is smiling because she was doing worship with us for a little while and she was there when I'd be like nope stop start from the beginning but just a little bit and so I have to put my hands behind my back or I have to like contain myself because otherwise I'll start giving signals while they're doing worship and I'll be like yeah Bill good and then I got like no I'm not up there but I'm a, just a tad bit just a tad bit or like with my kids man like with, with their clothes like I'm like dude if I let them put their clothes on by themselves, shirts will be tucked in their underwear, and it's like, come on, what are you doing? Or, or even like myself, like my DVDs at home, everything has to be stacked up, neat. If anyone is out of place, I'm like, who did it? Because I know it wasn't me, who did it? So I've got a little bit of this perfectionist uh, spirit in me. Um, and, and I think some of that is healthy, some of that is healthy. And then some of it kind of goes too far. Um, like when I tell my wife, like, your purse does not go there. Then it goes too far. That's when I know I've reached my limits. Um, and all the husbands said amen. But I'm, a, I'm a, just a little bit, just a tad bit. And so this morning, I just kind of diagnosed myself to, to, to having perfectionism. Did you know that's a word, perfectionism? Let me read it to you. So here's, uh, here's perfectionism. It is refusal to accept any standard short of perfection that sound like anybody in here? Am I the only one? Don't, don't sit here and lie, you in church. Don't, okay, you have your moments, Deacon Ray, you have moments every now and again, like when, 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 you, when you go to do something that you're passionate about, it's like it's gotta be done the right way and nobody else can do it and you can't, and, and it's gotta be done my way or it's the highway. So there's a little bit of this, man, I got a standard that I wanna keep up. I gotta I got make sure that I am, I am right where I need to be. I started eating a little healthier now Um, And I say, not healthy, but healthier. So when people ask me, it's just like, no, not everything is cut out. Don't get me wrong, just some things like bread. I I don't eat bread anymore. Um, I eat toast, so like some things, but like bread. Like if I go to In-N-Out, it's gotta be protein style. So give me the lettuce only. Um, And I'm so like, I'm I'm at the point now where it's it's so serious that I'm like, I don't eat any other French fries except for In-N-Out because they seem fresher. Does that make sense? Like In-N-Out fries just seem healthier I told you I'm eating healthier, not healthy. So even now, it's like yesterday we went to Chili's and I'm looking at the chicken crispers. Lord, thank you for chicken crispers. But they got all this extra in it. It's like, honey, barbecue and and waffles. And I'm like, Lord, I want it, but I gotta gotta abstain. But I'm at this point now where it's like, I'm like, I'm sticking to it. No, I'm not gonna eat that. Like you can have, like all day yesterday, I'm thinking of like 200 different ways that I can eat pizza without eating pizza. I'm like, okay, let me get flatbread, let me get, cr- like maybe if I get thin crust, like it'll, but it's like, no, you can't do it. So there's a little bit of this perfectionism in me. And again, I think it's healthy. I think we've all gotta strive for something. We've all gotta have a standard that we're living up to in some way or another. And so I think there's a bit of healthiness in that. But let me give you this, cause there's another definition of perfectionism um, that I think takes us too far and it becomes unhealthy, especially as Christians. It says, a doctrine holding that religious, moral, social, or political perfection is attainable, especially the the theory that human, moral, or spiritual perfection should be or has been attained. This This is where it becomes unhealthy, because the Bible doesn't call us to be perfect. The Bible doesn't tell us that we have to be perfect, or that perfection is the goal. That's not what the word of the Lord says, because every time you see the word perfect in the Bible, it's used to describe God who is the only one that can be perfect. And so at the same time, while our goal is not to strive to be perfect and live this perfectionist life and live in this way where, man, if I don't do it just right, then God is going to strike me down and he's going to create something and throw it down on me, something that's never been created before and he's going to kill me because I didn't do it just right. That's the attitude that causes us to fall back. That's the attitude that causes us one minute to be on fire and then the next minute, man, I'm not good enough. That's that attitude. And, and, and again, perfectionist, like some of it is okay. But for the most part, if I'm trying to live as a Christian and be perfect, then I've got it all wrong. Because the goal is not to be perfect. The goal is to live a righteous life. A goal is to be in pursuit of God. In every single thing I do, everything, doesn't matter how I do it, but am I in pursuit of God? God, am I pursuing you? In my marriage, am I pursuing you? As a father, am I pursuing you? At work, am I pursuing you? There's got to be this element of, God, I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to pursue you. Living a Christian life does require. Now, here's the thing about being a Christian. Like, you don't have to be perfect, but it does require a standard. There is a standard to living this life. There is. You can't just walk into this thing and stumble into it and assume, like, oh, like, he'll take care of everything for me. No, there's some work on your end that has to be done. There's a standard that you've got to have for yourself where you've got to say, you know what? I once was involved in this, but now the standard that I'm setting for myself, the limit that I'm setting for myself is that I can no longer do this anymore. There's, it's like boundaries. I've got to set some boundaries in my pursuit of God because if I don't, I'm always going to fail. I'm always going to fall. I'm always going to get in the rut. I'm always going to feel like I'm not good enough, but if I live in a way that says, God, I'm pursuing you and everything I do, then everything will be fine. Uh, we've been in this series, and Pastor Sean was talking about it, a tribe on a quest. Um, and it's, it's very interesting because, like, Pastor Sean is just, like, 90s all over. Um, if you didn't know that after hearing you do now, uh, tribe on a quest, and some of y'all are like, what are you talking about, a tribe called quest? Like them, you, okay, I just want to make sure because y'all be acting too saved in church. Look, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. But I started thinking like, man, what is this word quest? And the word quest, it means a long search for something. A long search for something. It's almost like you guys got tricked because it's like tribe on the quest. Look at somebody and tell them, hey, what's up tribe member? You are on a long search for something. Something. God has put you here. God has put you and made you a part of this tribe because there's a search He's got you searching for something. He's got you looking for something. There's something about you that God wants to do and he's wanting you to go through this search. He's wanting you to figure something out while you're in this quest. And I love it, Uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 13, because again, we're talking about pursuing God and and it doesn't have to be perfect. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, look, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. In this search, in this quest, yeah, it's gonna be long. It's gonna be tiring, Like like next week, it's not going to get this notification, okay? Your Christian life is now done. You've obtained perfection. You're good. You're good. You're good. Don't worry about anything. No, there is a long journey. And we're all in this thing to quest. A quest, it reminds me of a process, man, of a process. A process is just, it's ongoing. It's ongoing. This quest is going to be ongoing. And the thing about a process that we have to understand is that, number one, there's going to, it's going to take some time. And then number two, it's okay to fail. It's okay to to fail. A process is normally put into place to get to something. There's a purpose for a process. And in that process, it's okay to fail. It's okay to fall. It's okay to feel like, man, I don't have it at this moment. The problem with the process, when it becomes a problem, is when you fail and make the decision not to get back up. That's when it becomes a problem. Because you're no longer in the process at that moment. You're now in retreat mode. If I don't abstain in the process, if I don't live in the process, if I don't stay within the quest, if I'm always searching for something that's going to satisfy me instead of me having the mindset that, God, I want to satisfy you, then I'm going to fail in this quest. I'm going to fail, and I'll get it wrong. But if you keep going, if you keep going, if you don't retreat, if you don't surrender, if you don't allow the devil to come into your heart, come into your mind and tell you, man, you don't have this. You've been in this mess too long. You don't have this. Like, look at you, you keep stumbling, you don't got it. If you keep letting the devil talk to you that way, then there's a problem. And so we've got to get to this place where we say, man, look, it's okay to fail, but I'm gonna get myself up, I'm gonna dust myself off, I'm gonna keep going through this process because the end of the process is most important. The middle is all great, and that's where there's going to be struggle. That's where it's going to be, man, you got to pull it out from your gut, and you got to pull it out from your spirit. And it's the end of the process where you realize the purpose. Don't you hate that God does that, that before he even puts you in it, like he just throws you in it? There is no explanation sometimes. It's just here you go, there you go. And then the whole time while you're through it, you can ask over and over, God, why am I here? God, what am I doing? And he never tells you a thing until you get to the end. And then you have this aha moment of, oh, oh, I got it. Now I see. But you've already moved on to the next thing. But the thing to note is that there's purpose in the process. There's purpose in this quest. Don't feel like church is the promise. And what I mean by that is don't feel like the process and your quest to be on, as a Christian is simply to come to church. That ain't it. If you feel like that's it, you're stopping way short. This is not it. Our quest does not end from, does not end by coming into this parking lot, coming and sitting in this church, and okay, I fulfilled my quest for today. No, it doesn't end here. One of the things I love at midweek, because I get a chance to kind of interact more when I teach is, I'll ask them like, hey, who did you meet today? Every single time, who'd you meet? Who'd you talk to? Why are they noteworthy? Why? Because I feel like when we come to church, we have this mindset that I'm getting built up and I'm getting all of this and I'm getting, and it's really not about I, it's about who else can you impact with the gospel? Who else can you go and take the gospel to? The church is just a gas station. You don't, you don't stay at the gas station, right? You get filled up, you leave the gas station, and then you use all that gas in other places. Think about all the different places you go where you waste that gas that you just filled up on. That's how church has got to be. I've got to get filled up, and then I've got to go out, and I've got to use what I've gotten filled up with to penetrate somebody's heart and their mind with the gospel. The quest does not end here in church. There's more to it than just church, a process. There's a purpose. It requires more from us, and I think that's the thing about living a Christian life is that it just requires more from us, and that's okay. That's okay. We can handle it. We can handle it. It requires more from you. There's more of a standard. Put it this way. There's more of a standard in this life, and you know how I know because when you go to work, I can replace you at work. There's a standard there, but I can replace you at work. The standard in living a Christian life is so much higher because I can't replace you. I can't. God can't repl- well, God can do whatever he wants, but sp- speaking of your, your purpose, you can't be replaced. Meaning, I can't fill your shoes. Meaning, I can't impact people that you can. Hey, Kima, there's people that you are going to impact in Hawaii. Lord, bless him in Hawaii, Lord. I don't know how that happens, but this is a promise of God. But there's people that this man is going to impact that will look at, won't even look at me twice but they will be all ears and eyes on him. We can't replace you. So there's a standard there when it comes to kingdom living. And that's the standard that we've got to be in pursuit of. That's the thing that we've got to strive for. It's not perfection. It's just the standard that I've got a purpose and I've got to fulfill my purpose. And if I don't fulfill my purpose, nobody else will. If you don't do it, nobody else will. And that's the standard that we've got to hold ourselves to. That's part of the standard of this church, of of pursuing excellence and walking into this building. And you've got your part to play. When you serve on this team, you've got a part to play. And every time you walk in, you've got to have the mindset, if I don't do my part, who else will? And not only that, but if I don't do it well, not only will nobody else do my part, but they're not going to do it as good. So I've got to make sure that I'm pursuing excellence when I'm here. Even at your job, I've got to pursue excellence. It's got to be my life. It's got to be my life's goal. It's different from perfection. Perfection says, man, like you've obtained. You're there. You've arrived. Excellence is a pursuit. There's a pursuit for it. And I've got to live in that vein, not in the vein of perfection. So a couple of points I want to give you guys today. Just in, in pursuing excellence and, 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 and what, what do I do? How do I obtain this? How do I live this life that says, God, I'm going after you. How do I do that? And the first point is this. Pursue you we don't need another blank and you can fill in the blank pursue you we don't need another blank meaning pursue you we don't need another joel Osteen. pursue you we don't need another mac brock for all you worship buffs pursue you we don't need another pastor sean we got enough of pastor sean not in a bad way (laughs) but we got enough Of extroverted pastor Sean (laughs) and that's all it means pursue you meaning where do you need to be where do you need to be are you where you need to be or are you trying to be somebody else are you trying to live in somebody else's anointing because I tell you what you can't plagiarize somebody else's anointing You may be able to copy their style, you may be able to copy their hairstyle and how they speak, but you cannot plagiarize their anointing. You've got your own anointing that you've got to walk in and you can't be ashamed about your own anointing. You've got to walk in that. Because the longer that you get, the longer it takes for you to get where you need to be, the longer people who need you are gonna have to sit and wait. Pursue you. We don't need another anybody. Look at what it says, it says, Men, everything finds its place, not a place. In our text, everything finds its place, which means you've got a place. You've got a part. You've got a position that you've got to be in. You've got to pursue that and stop trying to pursue everybody else's anointing. Stop looking at everybody else's blessings and saying, man, I want that. Because i tell you what, do you want what it took for them to get to that blessing? Because, look, this pastor was preaching, and he said, man, somebody came up to me and and said, hey, can you pray for me? Because I want your anointing, and I want your blessing. And he said, okay. In that moment, I started praying. I hope your son gets, uh, gets ADD. I hope your son is autistic. I hope your son is told that they'll never walk again, that they won't live past 12. I hope you have to deal with all of that, because if you want my anointing, you've got to go through the road that I went through to get to that and there's something for you. There's, you've got your own road. You've got your own process. It ain't gonna be pretty. It ain't gonna be like the next person, but your anointing is for you and their anointing is for them. I've gotta pursue me and I've gotta pursue what God has called for me and stop pursuing everybody else because I've got a part to play. And here's the other part about that. Don't be, don't be surprised or disappointed if people don't like you when you start pursuing you. Don't be surprised, it's okay. It's okay, everything finds its proper place. When I pursue me, instead of trying to be like everybody else, then I will be in my proper place. That's where God has called me, that's where I'm anointed the most. I can't step out of that grace zone, otherwise, nothing works. Nothing works. If I step out of where God has called me to be, I will fail every single time. I've been there, I've done that. I've tried to do it without God. Really, seriously, I have and it didn't work. I found myself depressed, pastor's kid, depressed, because I was trying to do it outside of God's will. And what was worse is because I knew what God's will was, and I kept saying, nah, that's not for me. And here's the thing, everybody in here, you now know you have a purpose, you have something that God wants you to perceive, you now know the will of God for your life. You can't live outside of that. You will fail every single time every single time. We will not benefit by trying to walk in someone else's gift. You won't. Your gifting is only going to work for you, which means all the more reason for me to step up to the plate and live to the standard so that I can make sure that someone is hearing what God has called me to deliver to them. I love this. Genesis, or sorry, Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 through 5, it says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. The satisfaction of a job well done only comes when you are in your lane. Stop drifting in everybody else's lane, pursue your lane. Continues on, it says, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. See, it's on you, it's on you. People are gonna miss out on the gospel if you don't step in your lane. People's lives won't be impacted if you don't step into your lane. Nathaniel is in his lane, like keeping my son's head up from falling on that seat. Thank you, Nathaniel. I don't know if that's the will of God for Nathaniel, but it looks good to me right now. But you've gotta be in your lane. The next one is this. Uh, pursue your place, you're crowding someone else's. Pursue your place, you're crowding someone else's. If I don't ever get past the fact that, man, I've gotta do my part, and I live in the space of someone else, I'm crowding. I'm crowding because everything finds its place. Not a place meaning I could just, I'll pick right there. No, its place, your place, your spot where you belong. Bible says, look, so spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place. You have a position to play in the kingdom of God. And if you don't play that position, the flow will stop you don't play that position the flow will stop the flow in your life you can't expect to be blessed if you're not in your proper position you can't expect for God to do anything in your life if you are completely disregarding what God has called you to do you got to pursue your place what is that what is that what is your place that's, that's where prayer, that's where, that's where devotion, that's where time where God comes in, where, I'm, where God, I need, to figure out, I need to figure out what you've called me to be and who you've called me to be and, and where I need to fit, because I'm not going to get that from anyone else. A pastor's not going to be able to tell you your purpose. They won't. I can't tell you what your purpose is. I can't. I can tell you what you're good at, and I can tell you that, that, man, you speak well from the platform, but I can't tell you what your purpose is. Maybe God says, yeah, you do that well in here, but how well can you impact people outside? What else can you do? I can't tell you your purpose. Pastor Sean can't tell you your purpose. But what we can do is say, man, you've got a place. You need to pursue that. You need to go after that. What is God speaking to you in your life? What is God telling you? Is God even speaking? Are you making the intentional effort for God's voice to be a part of your everyday life? Is that an effort that you're making or is it something that you're just expecting? Because I come to church, I'm expecting God to speak. God, you're supposed to be speaking. God, you're supposed to be telling me what to do. But I haven't gone out of my way and being intentional about saying, God, I need you to speak in my life. God, I'm depending on your word today. God, I'm depending for you to bring that scripture up to remembrance. When I'm in a moment of feeling like I'm weak and I'm failing and I don't know what else to do. God, I'm dependent. Are you being intentional about, provide or about asking God into your life, into your space? That's what we got to do. Find your place. Pursue your place. You're crowding someone else. Here's the thing about being in someone else's space. When we do things that we don't do well, things don't go well. It's that simple. When we do things that we don't do well, things don't go well. If I'm busy being a part of somebody else's life and somebody else's ministry and somebody else's calling and I'm trying to piggyback off of their calling and I'm trying to piggyback off of their purpose, but I'm never going after mine, I'm not doing something well. I don't, I don't, do, I don't, do, uh, I don't do standing by well. In worship, I don't like just standing. I don't like not singing in worship because I believe that God has called me to do something. At least for this season, I believe that God has called me to do something. So I don't do well with just standing. So I get fidgety and I start moving around and I feel like I need a fidget spinner to spin while I'm standing there. Do y'all know what fidget spinners are? All the people with kids do. If not, go Google it. But I feel like, man, I can't just stand by. I can't, I don't do spectating well. When i first came to this church man it got on my nerves that i was sitting in the back it got on my nerves that it took a process to become a volunteer it got on my nerves i'm like dude i've been in church my whole life why don't you just put me up there coach i got it because i knew that god had called me to something my obedience is to say man whatever the leaders say i'm I'm gonna stick in this process i'm gonna pursue what they've called me to and i'm gonna walk through this thing but at the end of the day i don't do spectating well We've gotta be Christians that say, man, I don't do spectating well. I don't do well with just trying to rub off. I want, I'm, I want some of your anointing, I wanna rub off on you. No, you got your own. You got your own, find your place, get in that lane, and God will make things happen. No matter how talented you are, if you are out of position, you will never reach your potential. I don't care how well you sing. I don't care how well you play the guitar. If your heart is not in the right place, you will never reach your full potential. I don't care if you smile the best. I don't care if you have the best voice. If God didn't call you to this platform, don't be in the platform because you will not do things well and you will not be able to reach the people that God. Let me me just keep it all the way real. Have you ever heard something? You're like, man, this person needs to hear that. I have that thought in my mind, like, oh, I'm preaching to you right now, because there's a lot of times when we will step out of God's grace simply because we've got our own lane that we feel like we want to pursue, outside of what God has called us to do. I know I feel like I want, I feel like God has called me here. Did He really call you there? Are, are you? Is that? Is that you talk Is that God talking, or is that you? Like, whose voice are you listening to? Have you learned to discern what voice? Because when you step out of what God has called you to do, you are stepping into a danger zone. When you step out of the will of God, you're stepping out into a world unknown and you will never reach your God-given potential. If you didn't know it, now you know it. God has something for you. There's a purpose for you. And he wants to bless you when you're in that land, not outside of it. Not outside of it. Your role as a Christian is not just to come to church. That's not your role. It's not. When you go to school, your role is to not be a student every single day of your life, right? Your role is to sit, learn what you need to learn, and then take what you've learned and now pursue something that will impact somebody else's life. As a Christian, your role is to sit here, soak up the word, but then you need to get up and start moving and delivering that word can't spectate. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a lifestyle of church attendance. It's not a lifestyle of, I just want to come to church. No, you can't. You can't. Like my kids will say something like, oh, I want to go do, no, you can't. No, because I'm telling you, you can't. And we do that to God. Like, I just want to sit here. No, you can't, because I'm telling you, you can't. I've called you to something greater. I've called you to do something better than what you're doing now. So you've got to move. You've got to get up and move. The next point is this. i got to move on. It says, uh, pursue Christ in you. You are enough. Pursue Christ in you. You are enough. When it comes to pursuing this life as a Christian, when it comes to pursuing excellence as a Christian, when it comes to living in that spirit of excellence. Again, not perfection, but excellence. When it comes to living in that excellence, the difference, perfection says, man, I've arrived, I've attained, I don't need to do anything else. Excellence excellence is a pursuit. It's an ongoing thing. It's every single time, and it's built by habit. Excellence is not just a one-time thing. It's built by habit. If I step into this and I do it well every single time, that's excellence. If I walk into it again and I do it well, that's excellence. Every single time I'm making the effort to be excellent in what I'm doing. If you're ever going to pursue that, you've got to understand that Christ is in me. I am enough. I don't need anybody else's validation. I don't need anybody else to tell me what God can only tell me. I don't need anybody else to tell me where God has called me. I've got to know that Christ is in me. I am enough. I don't need your validation. I don't need you to tell me where I need to go. I need God to be a part of my life. And then that lets me know that I am enough. Christ is in you. You are enough sometimes we look at this thing of excellence and we look at this thing of of living to a certain standard and say I can't live up to that I can't do that I can't I can't I'm not able to I don't have it I'm not there yet but the thing about it is that Christ is in you you can do that you were called he called you to it he called you to it it's nothing it, there's nothing better than being invited to a party The worst thing that could ever happen is not being invited to the party and showing up but God invited you to this thing God sent you the invitation directly and said I want you to be a part of this he's in you you're enough you got it don't ever walk out of here and feel like man I can't pursue that that's too much God you're doing too much right now you need to step back you need to have several seats God you're doing too much No, he's in you. You are enough. You can fulfill every single thing that God puts on your heart to fulfill. Hey, Kima, maybe it's tough for you now to realize you're going to Hawaii, a place that's so completely different than where you are now. Lord knows. Um, You're going to get some fresh air, it's going to take you back. You're going to feel like, Lord, where am I? But you are enough. He would not have called you there if you weren't enough. You are enough. Every single person sitting in here, he wouldn't have called you there if you weren't, if you didn't have it. He wouldn't stick with you and say, man, I'll be with you. Don't worry about what to say. Just, and I'll give you the words to say. If he didn't think you were enough, you are enough. Here's what I love about this. Pursue Christ in you. You are enough. And then some translations say, man, uh, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory, glory, and and there's some definition of glory that mean magnificence or uh, magnificent or great beauty. Look at it this way. Christ is in you. You are magnificent. Christ is in you. You are magnificent enough to overcome every single thing that drops in front of your life. You are magnificent enough to walk in your calling and do it well because Christ is in you. You are enough we got to get out of this tendency of, man, like, I am just not there yet. I'm not there. I don't have it. I'll never have it. God, I'm 30 years old, and you haven't shown me my purpose. God, I'm almost, ah, I need to have kids, Lord. Where am I? What are you doing? No. All you need to focus on is the fact that Christ is in you. The hope of glory is in you. You are. Think about that. The hope of glory is in you glory the weight his presence is in you you there's nothing you will ever come up against when you're in your lane that God will not allow you to hop over you are enough Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together whole and holy in his presence he did that for you don't you think he's gonna allow you to walk in your purpose and, and and you do it well He's in you. You're enough. The last one is this. And this kind of summarizes everything in this whole thought of pursuing excellence and this whole tribe on the question, what are we searching for? What are we going through as a church? And, and, and who are we? And what are we doing? And, and what is this whole thing about? Here's the last one. Pursue God. Excellence will meet you there. Pursue God. And what does that say? That means, man, when I pursue God, when I'm going after God, excellence is not far behind. Because think about it. An excellent God who created everything that we see, has chosen you. Why wouldn't excellence want to follow you? He created you. He made you. He formed you in His image. Out of everything on earth, everything on earth, you are made in His image. It doesn't say the birds are made in His image. Cockroaches are made in His image. No, it says you are made in His image. Don't you think excellence wants to follow? But the first step is pursuing God, I've got to pursue you. When I'm in pursuit of you, God, I'm pursuing excellence. When I'm pursuing you, God, it's all coming with me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be, everything else will be added unto you when you pursue God. Your pursuit of anything else, your pursuit of following somebody because they're your friend, your pursuit of following a ministry because that's what, I like what they do. No, your pursuit has got to be God. I'm, God, I'm following you. In spite of what everybody else says, God, I'm following you. Even if my friends don't come with me, God, I'm following you. And that's where excellence meets you. When you pursue God, when you're living in that way and you're saying, man, that's, that's where I'm going. God, I'm going after you. Regardless of what everything looks like, God, I'm going, I'm pursuing you. And that's what we've got to do. Uh, You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust, constantly tuned into the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. Don't let anything distract you from pursuing God. Nothing. No troubles. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing that the enemy tries to throw in front of you. Don't let it divert you. Don't let it change your course. Don't let it throw you off of your game. Pursue God in every step of the way. In everything you do, pursue God. You're at work and you're, and you're sitting there and you're tired of being, pursue God in that moment. You're at school, you're studying and you're trying to, man, how am I going to get all these papers done? Pursue God. In everything you do, pursue God. This is, what, this is what he says. He says, look, that's why I'm working so hard day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. I've got a purpose. I'm pursuing you, God. I'm going after you and everything else Will follow from there. Now end with this point. Uh, the Bible talks about Daniel, um, says he had a spirit of excellence. This is after, this is after the fire. This is after the lion's den. This is, I think, believe in chapter six. It talks about he had a spirit of excellence. And so that, what that means is that, man, wherever I go, it's, it's there. Wherever I go. That spirit of excellence, it's coming wherever I go. Whatever I do, whatever I put my hands to, it's got to come with me. It's got to come with me. And we've got to live in that same vein where, man, we've got a spirit of excellence. Where we're walking in it, serving, outside with friends, hanging out. That spirit of excellence has got to come up. And that excellence is tied to the standard of living a Christian life. It's got to come with us. We can't leave it on the shelf. We can't put it in our back pocket when we want to go do something that looks more appealing. We can't. We've got to carry it with us. It's got to be a part of us. It's got to be at the forefront. Don't put it in your back pocket. Put it right in front. Let everybody see it. Spirit of excellence. No matter what you do, pursue that thing. Pursue God. Carry him with you. Take him with you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, don't leave him behind simply because it looks better from the outside. Pursue God. Take him with you. Every single thing we do has got to be done with a spirit of excellence excellence let's stand this morning so God we thank you this morning we thank you for your word God we thank you for who you've called us to be God God this thing is not easy this walk is not easy this life this journey is not easy God we acknowledge that God but but more importantly we acknowledge the fact that You promised to never leave us, never forsake us, God. God, I thank you for the specific and divine purpose that you've put on the inside of every single one of us. And God, I pray that our heart's desire is to go after you, God, to pursue you in everything. And excellence will be right there with us. My pursuit of God... My desire my chase for you God my heart's cry to be a man after your heart will cause everything else to fall in line outside of you I am nothing outside of you I can't do anything but God if I have you I have everything so I thank you for this heart that says, man, I'm going after you, God. In what I do, I'm doing it for you, not other people. In what I say, God, I'm, keep, I'm being mindful of what I'm saying, God. Making sure it's pleasing to you, God, that my words are seasoned with salt, God. That it impacts somebody's life and it builds them up as your word tells us we ought to do. In everything that I do, God, I'm pursuing excellence. In word, in deed, God, I'm pursuing excellence. I'm pursuing you. I'm going after you in all of that. We won't hide you, God. We won't put you in our back pocket. But, God, we will go after you. We thank you for what you're calling us to. In Jesus' name. If there's anybody in here and you feel like, man, I've I've just kind of been off of my game. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this room. I don't want anyone looking around or staring at someone. But if you're right in your space and you say, man, look, I I know, like, I know I've, I've been called to do something. I'm just not playing my part yet. No shame, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you've got to make the commitment to say, man, I need to get where you want me, God. My life, my life, everything depends on that. Other people's lives depend on me getting where you've called me to be. So if that's you and you're in this place and you're like, man, yeah, that's my admission this morning. Just raise your hand just for a moment. If you don't want to raise your hand, just give me a head nod, I'll see it. You say, man, I'm I'm out of my position. I'm out of place. I'm out of place. The flow of God stops in my life because I'm out of place. And I need to get back with where, where I need to be. See your hands up. I'm going to pray over you and then I'll have Pastor Sean come back up here and, and close us out. But I just want to, in this moment, just where you're at, just... Just pray for the person around you. I'm gonna pray over these people specifically and declare over them, but I want you to be praying as well right where you're at. So God, I thank you for these people who have been so bold to raise their hand, God, and even those who are a little shy, a little timid, and in their heart, they know they haven't been where you've called them to be. God, I thank you for them, God. I thank you that you've called them, God, that you've called them out of the darkness into the marvelous light of the purpose that you've ordained for them, God, The the, the place that you've called them to fit right into, God. I thank you for them, God, and I thank you that from this day forward, they will begin to walk in your calling, walk in your will and what you've called them to do, God. No longer will they step back and allow other people to do what you've called them to do, God, but they would walk in their purpose, God, knowing that there are souls, there's life, there's people depending, there's people attached to that purpose, God. I thank you that they're walking in that now, God. Give them visions of walking in it, God, even if their faith needs to catch up, God. Give them the vision to see them walking in your purpose, walking in the fullness of your glory, God. Trusting that Christ is in them. They are enough. Whatever's held them back, whatever stopped them from walking in their purpose, whatever, whatever's caused them to stumble, God. I pray that you would remove that stumbling block, God, and they would begin to walk in that thing on fire to do your will, God. In the same way that Christ said, look, man, my, my food is to do the will of God. I pray that we would only be fed. We would only be filled by doing the will of God. We thank you for your people, God. I thank you for them, God. And that they'll begin to walk in this thing, God, freely and boldly with confidence. Head up, shoulders back, chest stick out. Declaring who you are, God. Declaring what you've called them to. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.